Welcome to Doula Club, a podcast for doulas by a doula. I'm your host, Bonnie Silva. Enjoy the ride. Hey guys, on this episode, Adrian Stair invited me to go to the wing in Dumbo with her. And ironically, there was a Housewives of New York City event going on where Dorinda and Sonia were talking. <laughs> uh, that was fun. And uh, you might hear some background noise. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I met Adrian, what, like at our CBC class? That's right. It was a breastfeeding uh, counseling course. Mm-hmm. And I knew you from like the network, like from our doula network. Right. And I knew that you owned at the time Wild Was Mama. Um, and I knew a lot about you, but I feel like I was kind of like, oh my God, she's here. Because like you were so well known and I felt like it was like so cool that I finally got to meet you. It really was. Oh, yeah. I like that. So I'm really like glad that we were able to connect. Um, I know that you are like a baby wearing expert. So this is like amazing. Um, I was, I had the opportunity to take your course about a few days ago, a week ago or so. Last week. Mm-hmm. Last week. So let's talk about that. Like, how do you get into it? How baby did you wearing? like, yeah, like this whole evolution of you to where you are now, how did it start? Mm, good question. It started with me being really obsessed with birth, Mm. actually, Mm -hmm. as a young woman. I had the privilege of taking this great sociology course in my undergraduate, um, and it was hosted by this amazing professor who had literally panels of midwives and doulas sitting in on like classes called the sociology of reproduction and just tons of like birth focused classes, which is sort of a special thing to get introduced to as like a 17 or or rather 18 or 19 year old woman. Totally. And for myself and also many of my classmates, it sort of ignited this passion Mm -hmm. for birth and what does birth in America look like? And part of it was political. And I think part of it of course, it's biological, but I really got into it at an early age, sort of through academics. And I kept tabs on like all things birth for a long time after that. I took a birth doula training, actually not intending to be a birth doula, but because I thought it was a cool workshop on birth. Wow. So you just took it just for like knowledge. Yes, I took it just for knowledge. I didn't realize I was in a certification course with lots of people who were actually doing that for their career. I had another job lined up that I was like immediately going into, but I did take the course because um, I, it's always interested in me. I'm just sort of a, I was a birth geek yeah. and after, I've heard about you people. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and after that course, I really, for myself personally, realized that I wasn't ready to do birth work yet. I wanted to, but it was sort of a big leap of faith for me. First of all, the working schedule itself was tough, but also I felt like um, not confident. Like I didn't have all the tools that I needed in my own personal tool bag to be mm-hmm. able to actually serve people in labor. Um I did take a couple births, uh, two, three births while I was like heading into my other job that were really intense and I will never forget them. And they were totally um, life learning moments. So, uh, and it was sort of in that time where I realized I would come back to it. So fast forward a few years, I become pregnant with my first son 
And I know so much about, I don't know where I learned about baby wearing, but I always knew that I wanted to wear my kiddos and carriers. And I was learning through friends and seeing what carriers they were wearing. And uh, I was jazzed on the idea of it. I didn't do any practicing with carriers beforehand. And then when I had my first, I it sort of exploded. He was a really difficult kid. He had to be held all the time, which is actually normal for babies, in case you don't know. And I think that in our culture, we just don't see that all the time. We don't see, we don't grow up around little babies. We don't hold little babies. We don't see actually what it's like to care for a newborn. So we have no idea how much they need to be hold. We see them in movies. Yeah. We see that um, it's time for them to sleep and we lay them down and they go to sleep in a crib. So that's like our like reality going into it. I'm talking about not so much for myself, but a little bit. Um, but the amount of like soothing and holding and walking that an actual child needs is a lot. And so um, I had to lay into the carrier world. I really needed it to save my body and my back. And also I just got really geekily into tying different ties and how they fit and what was comfortable and what was not. I had a lot of carriers that were not comfortable, which led me to like really pursue ones that were comfortable. I took an amazing baby wearing class um, right before I had my first son at um, what was then called Metro Minis. The One of the co-owners, uh, Joanna McNeely, now is the head of the Center for Baby Wearing Studies, which is a great resource for anyone wanting like a certification in baby wearing education. Um, but it was enlightening to me, like a store full of carriers that you could try on and learn about. And um, and it was only a shame that I had to trek all the way to the Upper East Side to sort of get that support, which is sort of how Wild Was Mama, or then Caribou Baby, mm -hmm. uh, was born in the first place. Oh, wow. So talk to me about the fact that your son was a pretty challenging baby and that you started wearing him a lot. So talk to me about that and how you got into the whole baby wearing thing. So when he was a brand new newborn and needing lots of holding and hugging, um, which is very easy to do with just your arms, I tried out, um, I had a Moby wrap, which is like a long piece of stretchy material. And he was not really responding so well to it in the house. Um, he was flailing a lot. Part of it was probably because I didn't, quite know how to tie it properly or the way that I was learning um, was not the way ultimately that I wanted to tie it. Mm -hmm. So by the time that I got help with baby wearing at Metro Minis, um, I was done with that carrier. I was like, it was too much fabric for me. It was July. I was sweating bullets. Mm -hmm. And it's a thick fabric too, oh right? God. I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. Even when I learned how to tie it correctly, I wanted to like literally put it in the trash and burn it. I wanted something that felt quicker, easier, cooler. He needed a lot of nursing quickly, back up, nursing, back up, in and out, um, position changes. Yeah. So I ended up choosing um, what's called a Maydai carrier. It's like an Asian-inspired carrier. For those of you listening, if you can picture, it's like a square of fabric that's like the panel that goes over the baby's body. It has two short straps that tie around your waist and two long straps that sort of crisscross over your back. Um, it's sort of the epitome of, for me, it was the epitome of simplicity. And I was able to throw him in, throw him out, lower him down to breastfeed on the subway, 
and B, just uh, it was a little bit more airy for the season. And I felt like it enabled me just to get out of the house and go places, mm. which was huge, which was everything. Because yeah. that's like for most people, that's mental health. Totally. Like if you can't leave the house because you don't know how you're going to like juggle your huge stroller down your walk up, which is what we were living in. Um, life is really limited. And that's depressing for a lot of people. Whether or not you have any sort of like mood or anxiety disorder, not being able to leave is... Um, just a huge burden to bear. It's a big weight on your soul. I also noticed that, you know, when I now, after I took your course, I remodified how I do my prenatals for my birth clients mm, and I how I, yes, queen, and how I talk to my postpartum clients about baby wearing because it really does go hand in hand with the bonding, but also giving you a certain freedom mm -hmm. that you probably didn't realize that you had in regards to using both hands. <laughs> Yes. which is key, but also being able to, you know, a lot of moms have anxiety about even leaving the apartment because they feel like something's going to happen to their baby. Mm -hmm. Well, having your baby close to you makes you have that subconscious uh, notion that even if something does happen to you, you can protect your baby with your hands totally. and it's next to you, skin to skin with you. Yeah. So I think that gives a lot of moms freedom once you start kind of introducing that idea. Um, so, yeah, it's true. I mean, you have a hand free to like hold the railing when you go down the subway. So you're not asking strangers to like lug your stroller down the subway stairs. And if you've ever done that, yeah, it is like I took I've taken my stroller on the subway probably like maximum three times in my life because the third the first time was the worst. Oh. I swore. The second time was way worse. And like the third time was I had to for some reason, but it's pretty much awful. So I think anyone who's found a carrier that works for them, yeah. the immediate freedom that you feel in the eat, it just feels so, literally so easy. Um, and I encourage you all to like go home and try and pull down your pants to go to the bathroom with one hand, because that's what it's like when you have a baby who's nursing or who needs to be held all the time and you have to pee. But when you have a carrier on that's tied like well and up high, you can do all these little things that I think you don't think about. Go to the bathroom, get the glass of water that's like staring at you from across the room while you're feeding. Yeah. Um, make yourself a sandwich. Go meet a friend. Hold your diaper bag or backpack easily. Push your friend's stroller while you wear your baby. Like, you know, or use your stroller to go grocery shopping for yourself. Like, it's majorly freeing. And so for me, that was a huge light bulb going off in my head. And I had to work really hard to make it happen. And from my first carrier forward, it was all about comfort. So I got really geeky and just was buying all, all types of different carriers and seeing ones that looked amazing to me on the street and asking people where I could find them. And it yeah. was like, a, and back in the day in 2009, you know, 10, it was sort of like a wormhole. There weren't like that many baby wearing resources. There was like an old school forum um, that it was like hard to attach pictures to, you know, it was like pre Facebook group. Um, so the learning was really uh, parent to parent. Mm -hmm. And I, spent a lot of time learning from other people what was going to be great and eventually got into woven wraps um, when he was six months and it sort of spun out of control for there from there and I'm a little bit geeky about like products and stuff and how things can work for you and I think my sort of natural teacher inside sort of like combined with baby wearing and I wanted to really share that with my community. So I have a question for you, Bonnie. Yeah. Um, what I'm teaching now these days is I'm, I'm teaching birth workers how to use carriers to their advantage mm -hmm. in 
when working with clients, mm-hmm. either with clients' babies, which mm-hmm. you must know about if you're doing overnights and you're doing sort of all this postpartum care for folks and you're using other clients' carriers mm-hmm. that you're learning about, but also how to empower our clients to learn how to wear their own carriers so that you can literally work yourself out of a job, which is um, the do the ma- number one doula tenant. You want to see your clients like on their feet doing okay you know, getting their own needs met by themselves before you like leave work with them. Ideally, right? That's the ideal scenario. So what, like, what has baby wearing been like for you in the past few years of doula work? Yeah, I had my aha moment when it came to baby wearing when I had my first nanny gig, like two, I want to say close to three years ago, when I started when the baby was three months. And then when the baby was like four to five to six months, I got really bored staying at home all the time. And it, mind you, it was only for like maybe four to five hours a day. So it wasn't a lot, but I got bored really easily. So the mom ha- was, um, she was a toy designer, which this is the cool thing. She was a toy designer. So she had a lot of free stuff, a lot of baby wear and a lot of ergos. So I just like busted them out and I just started wearing them and I would go window shopping with her. Mm. I bet she's like one of the most fashionist, fashionista babies ever now. <laughs> but my point is that like that was when my aha moment where like you can just put the baby on you, kind of dress the baby like you so you can be twinsies and then go out. You know what I mean? So that was my aha moment. And then I wasn't really an expert on baby wearing. So I do have to say that I didn't know how to talk to my clients about that. Mm. But it wasn't until you I took your class, which granted, it was only about a week ago. But it gave me so much more knowledge where it kind of like completely like filled in the gaps of everything that I know. Mm. So for me, it was really valuable because within a week, I already talked to like three clients about it. And I taught like a full session on my, one of my prenatals with my clients that are a same-sex couple and they're both women. They identify as she or her. Um, and they both like, I, I was like trying each one, we were doing it together because they had multiple. So I was able to do it with them very similar to what you did to me when we did it together. I did the same thing with them where I wore the wrap as they were doing it. And I was teaching them exactly how you taught me. So for me, it was super valuable. And that was like my aha moment going forward. Can I just say the angels are opening up because what you're saying is exactly what I am hoping doulas or birth workers like do with that knowledge, which is get in there and experiment, just like handhold people through the process. You don't have to do it right every time. You have the knowledge to know when it's right or mostly right Mm. or wrong or really wrong Mm. Um, and guidelines. And you have resources to point people who have like, you know, more um, distinct needs with baby wearing. But you've just totally empowered these clients who maybe were thinking about it or wanted to. But sometimes life gets in the way and our lack of confidence as parents, I'm speaking from a parent point of view, it's we just forget that that's a tool that we have because it's just one more thing to learn. Yeah. We're learning how to feed. We're learning how to hold our baby's neck or change their diaper. We're managing family and visitors and new relationships or maybe mood stuff's going on and baby wearing, which is a real tool for people sort of falls to the bottom or something that people will get to eventually. And when you empower clients in the prenatal period, like you did to try things on and get excited Mm -hmm. and have a sense of humor about it, you're setting them up for like major success and bonding and all the good sort of juicy stuff that, that clients can get from 
postpartum right away. Well, it's something that you said also in your workshop that really resonated with me. And that was just like, well, no shit, Bonnie. You said that you can't practice breastfeeding. You can't practice soothing a baby, but you can practice uh, baby wearing. And that was like a huge aha moment for me as well, because it's like, yeah, like we can talk about breastfeeding all you want because people just assume that like, oh, just pop it on the boob and it'll work. Right. And I'm like, no, it's not going to fucking work like that. Let's talk about it. You know, so but baby wearing is something that you can 100 percent practice. And so once I, once you told me that and once I got that knowledge from your workshop, it was just like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's fun to practice with people ahead of time. It's fun to sort of envision yourself um, in a parental role, caring for a creepy plastic weighted baby. Um, but it's the closest thing that we have to like holding a real baby. Oftentimes, a lot of people don't have access to a newborn mm. to play with these things. Yeah. Um, so it's really valuable. And you can see your partner practicing and that gives you hope for your relationship that they're going to be pitching in and they oh, want totally. to bond with this baby. It's really special. Yeah. I... I like to not be a clutch for my clients. And I actually say that to them. I'm like, mm, you know, I'm, I'm here. That. Yeah, please do. Um, I always tell them, I'm like, I want to teach you everything I know. I want to pour my knowledge into you, but I want you to be able to feel confident and not feel like I'm your clutch, you know? So I, I like to really like make them like, you can do this. So Adrian, talk to me about what you're doing now because you're not you're not a you're not a uh, you're not a storefront owner anymore. I am not a storefront owner anymore. You're not tied down to a location. No. So tell me what came after that that journey. Well, it's still evolving. Um, I'm the first to admit that I'm sort of taking my time finding my new path. I think it's really easy to just let the world know, oh, I'm moving from this one thing that I've been doing for the past almost 10 years. I'm going to do this other thing and, and that's going to be perfect. But I'm sort of, I've sort of allowed myself time over the last year um, to be really honest with myself and make sure that birth work is something I want to keep doing, that I wasn't just burnt out from all things baby and mom. And spoiler, I'm not. I love it more than ever. I love working with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I love teaching classes. I've always loved that. And not being in charge of a staff and inventory and a business and growing it means I get all this extra time to do that. So I have been doing full-time postpartum doula work. Um, I am your friendly neighborhood doula. You can find me at adrianstair.com. Is that your name? The the, the name of your business? It's going to be my name. That's awesome. I, I love, love it. it. It's That's like, so cheeky. I love it. You know, my I have two boys. They love Spider-Man and all things superhero. <laughs> and they even dress up on our way to school and like sit on my bike. And I just, I love that reference to Spider-Man because I feel like I'm swooping in and yeah helping people solve their problems and then swooping out and on to the next case. And that's sort of the way doula work feels right to me. Like I don't have really long-term relationships with families. Of course we keep in touch forever and we love each other, but um, it's fun and it's fresh. And so I've been doing full-time post work, no birth work. I'm not saying that it's off the table to go back to that, but in terms of having kids and a family life, post work feels great to me. I'm doing a lot of baby wearing consultations. So I do private consults in people's homes who need help and can't get to um, a place to support them, either a support group or a storefront like Wild as Mama, which recently branded to the wild, um, which is an excellent place to go for anyone thinking about, you know, learning about a carrier. It's like we have. It's this kind of like a one-stop shop. And we, there's not many of them. 
Yeah, there is like in the country. Totally. So to have one in like little Greenpoint, Brooklyn is like such a huge boon for the community. Totally. Um, So I'm doing a lot of baby wearing consults um, and lactation counseling consults. But my most exciting project is this class that you took. It was honestly like as a doula that, you know, made an educated choice not to have kids of my own. Maybe I'll adopt. Don't know if I'm going to be financially secure for that. Um, Apparently, I'm still adopting dogs. (laughs) That's another story. But, uh, you know, I thought it was incredible, incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's it's it should be part of our curriculum. Totally. To understand how to do this because it just coincides with bonding and being able to give the confidence to parents. Thank so that's you. my my little input on that. Parental confidence is like everything. And Absolutely. if you expect to work yourself out of a job, you have to leave your clients with tools. Don't be a clutch. Yeah, don't be a clutch. Like let them, you know, let them soar. Let them sail off into the sunset feeling really great about themselves and the fact that they got this with their mm. baby. And um, so the class is really exciting. It's an alternative to like a full-blown baby-wearing educator certification, which um, Center for Baby-Wearing Studies is doing online right now. A lot of that for people who really want to get into like actually doing baby-wearing consults and dive really deep into that. Um, So super valuable. But this is sort of like a one-day course for people who are interfacing with families regularly Mm -hmm. in a supportive way, either as a doula. Um, or as some sort of family support service. There's, we, I have a class um, for IBCLCs coming up in the fall um, who are also getting a lot of questions about baby wearing, what's safe. There's, of course, like nursing and baby, wear, and baby wearing. There's like lots of different angles to come at it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's really fun to work on a curriculum again. And it's a long class. It's seven hours. There's yeah. probably nine hours worth of information packed into seven hours. So it's not easy. Um, and it's sort of like a new endeavor for me to keep it exciting, fun, relevant, make sure people don't burn out in that amount of time. And I'm going to be traveling with a class in the fall. So I have a class coming up in uh, Massachusetts and then Vermont. And somebody the other day asked me if you were traveling and I was just like, because everyone wants something like Like they might not want a full baby wearing educator certification. Um, but they want, they want more knowledge. They want to be able to feel confident yeah. before they go into a client's home because there's nothing scarier than someone asking you someone how to use something and having just no familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. So even just the basic steps, you know, I'm not going to teach you in one day how to use every carrier and like help your client do it. That's impossible. Totally. But I am going to give you real tools and steps to like understanding what the basics are because you will always then know more than your client and you can sort of handhold with them and learn together. And that's what doula work is, is constant learning. That's great. Okay, let's talk about boundaries, because I think that in our work, we deal with clients because we're not medical staff. And so we deal with clients that have a lot of like mental issues in the beginning. Their hormones are out of whack because they just gave birth a few days ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago. And they're still bleeding. They're still going through the process. And on top of that, they might or might not be having issues with their partner. That's a really tough one. And I think it's super relevant because all doulas probably really struggle with this. I'm talking about birth, postpartum, Mm. like you are in an intimate space with people. Totally. And if you have a client who is, how do I say it? Who's depending on you really heavily emotionally, 
for, and not just the client who's texting all the time. There's all sorts of issues about boundaries. We've all had the client who is just like blowing up your phone morning, day, and night. And it goes, you know, and then to what extent do you provide them support or resources after your time is up with them? And I think that that's a question that all doulas have to like sort of ask. Some people are much more flexible than others with it. And that's Mm -hmm. just part of their service model that they present. But I, for me personally, when people are really weighing on me emotionally um, and I feel like they have personally, when I feel like they have the tools to be able to succeed on their own. And I feel like it's time for me to back out of that relationship because um, their needs have been met. I have a hard time continuing to book hours and provide care to someone that I feel like has got the support that they need and that they're needing. And usually that's a red flag to me that they're needing some sort of other support, maybe like a girlfriend or someone to talk to. And, um, and in the past, I've sort of pulled out of those relationships a little bit too quickly, probably because I was still a business owner and like had a lot of stuff on my plate. And I feel sort of guilty about that. I feel like that is still a skill that I am building. And it's a a situation that I'm learning how to like feel when the right time is to navigate that and to really sit someone down and be like, okay, um, here's the things that we've been working on. Here's what I'm feeling for me, for you in order for, um, for me to get you to where you need to be on your own, which is part of my work and work myself out of a job. Here are the things that we really need to work on and we need to build these resources. And I need to almost like not shove down anyone's throat, but I need to make sure that what we're working on that day is going to be in service of them developing that apart from me so that I can do what you said, walk out the door and not think about them again. Yeah. But if it's not, if, if you haven't, if you haven't fully done your job and your deep work of setting them up for that and letting them know that you're leaving in that way and that you feel like you've truly given them everything they need, it can feel even sometimes when you have done it and you sever the cord, it feels, it can always feel premature. So, how do you feel when you're getting, for example, postpartum client, how do you feel like they're the client that you like or that you want? And I, that's a, this may be taboo to talk about, but I think that every, every working doula, maybe I will get to some enlightened place where this will change. And I'll say every client is my client and I can serve anyone. And this comes from sort of my background in customer service of helping literally the whole world, different types of clients. I mean, granted, we were in Williamsburg and Greenpoint, so mm-hmm. that was a big dominant part of our store contingent in there. But I learned how to help every really difficult client for me personally, like lots of different people. Even in some certain situations in the store, I would have to tag out because there were some customer groups or couples or families that I was just really struggling communicating with. And I think that that still remains true in my my doula work. So um, people will approach me uh, for work and some clients I'll just really click with. And for me, like the main most important thing where I really click with a client is how um, open they are to learning new things. Are they curious? If they're curious and open to learning new things, I feel like we can take the whole world by storm. They're going to be a fantastic client for me. We're going to, I actually can see this client being successful and I know we're going to get to the point where I feel confident leaving them alone, working myself out of a job. Um, and I want to like bend over backwards for those clients because I know that they're working too. Mm. Where I really struggle 
is, and this is the first time I'm admitting this publicly and not to just my staff or my friend, where I really struggle is with clients who really know best and better for themselves always and um, are defensive and really not curious about learning new things because we can work together. Um, but I don't want to constantly be making suggestions or having ideas um, that are then shot down because you don't need to take the information or do anything with it. Right. But part of why I'm being hired is so that I can share these things with you. Oh, yeah. Um, and really find out what it is you need. Because if you just need someone who's going to, you know, reorganize the fridge and hold the baby which I'm totally happy to do. I should maybe take that out of what I just said because I love holding babies for as long as possible. But if you really need like space to like do your own thing and you really don't want any information at all, I feel like for me, the job is not as exciting yeah. and I get bored. Um, and I feel like I can't be helpful if you already know what you need yeah. and you, um, any information I have to help you is like not worth it to you or you don't, you're not ready to hear it. Tell people how to find you, Adrian. All of y'all can find me online on my website, Adrian Stair. That's A-D-R-I-A-N-E-S-T-A-R-E.com. Um, and it's going to soon be your friendly neighborhood doula.com. My Instagram handle is at ADO, A-D-O underscore Stare, again, S-T-A-R-E. And I do um, one-minute baby-wearing tutorials, which are really difficult and really fun. And I like to have a lot of fun on Instagram and uh, post lots of baby-wearing-related learnings and musings in addition to sort of pictures of my life with my family and other postpartum stuff. Um, I'm going to post a really hot picture that Bonnie and I took today of ourselves. You guys are going to like wonder where we learned to pose because we're looking so gorgeous. I hope it's this this one right oh, here. It's, it's, they're <laughs> so good. I'm going to post them all. Um, and I hope to see you guys. Please follow me and reach out and say hi. I'm a big interactor. So anyone who reaches out to me with literally any question, I can't help but respond, especially if it's baby wearing related. Bye.